It is a slow time now in the National Football League. The draft is over, but there are still some intriguing stories, namely out of Cleveland, where apparently everyone on the field is very, very excited about the upcoming season. And the head coach, Freddie Kitchens, is like, yeah, not so much. Not yet, at least. Joining us right now with that story and more, our next guest. He is one of the top NFL insiders. He is the editor of coverage of the National Football League over at Touchdown Wire, one of the many websites covering the National Football League under the umbrella of USA Today's sports media group. We appreciate his time very much this morning, our friend Neil Kulong. Neil, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, good morning. It's great to be here. Appreciate the time. We'll get to the Cleveland story here in a second. I want to get your takeaway on the comments made by Howie Roseman of the Philadelphia Eagles, who sounds very eager to get a contract deal done before the end of this season. Obviously, with the contract, the rookie contract, soon to be coming to an end for Carson Wentz, Howie Roseman made it very clear that he wants Carson Wentz on that organization for a very long time. He won't hesitate to get that deal done. This is something that we're planning to do and if the deal is is right for us and the deal is right for Carson um, we wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger on that that's just the the amount of confidence that we have and we want to build this team knowing kind of what that piece is in place and and go forward all right but now we get to the question of what's a fair deal on both sides here Carson Wentz immensely talented but also has a propensity to get injured he hasn't finished a season yet with the Philadelphia Eagles so how do you think that contract plays out long term for both sides I, I think you're looking at um, the typical quarterback escalation in the NFL. It's not about who's getting paid the most. Clearly, there's not a, a direct impact um, between contract value and overall ability, overall impact on the league. It's just very simply that when you have the guy that you know is going to lead your team from the quarterback position for the next, you know, hopefully uh, decade, 15 years, whatever it is, um, they're going to get paid among the highest. Uh, at the position in the game. That, that's just the way that it goes. Wentz will be no different than that. Um, you know, somewhere in the, the ballpark, I would imagine, of, of Russell Wilson's deal. You know, whoever was last is going to be the, the second highest paid quarterback. That's, that's kind of how it goes. Um, as far as the injury goes, um, you know, if the Eagles want to scrimp, I'd imagine, you know, they, they try to work something in on a, a per game bonus. Uh, basis, you know, games active, something to that effect. So they, they can protect some money. But when, when the rubber meets the road, this is your quarterback. This is your franchise. This is the face of your franchise. He's not just winning games on the field. There are a lot of things that the quarterback is responsible for doing uh, in terms of leadership. So it's not just simply being on the field and producing like a high-level player like we've seen Wentz be. Uh, really, for them, it, it's a matter of locking in, as, as Roseman alluded to, locking in that guy long-term um, on a deal that works well for both sides. And I, I really don't see how um, either side can fumble around with that too much. It, it's pretty obvious what Wentz is going to make. Um, I don't think it would take too much time um, to get a deal done if both sides were interested right now in getting a deal done. Maybe, if anything, Roseman's kind of talking to Wentz's representation um, in terms of they, they've already exchanged numbers and kind of saw where each other was. Uh, Roseman's just simply saying that we want to get a deal done. He's our guy. Let's, let's, let's sit down and make this happen uh, sooner the better makes sense for the Eagles to want to get that piece locked in. But from Wentz's perspective, um, you know, he's going to be worth a, a, certainly a few more million dollars if he goes out and has a, another MVP-level performance in a year he doesn't get hurt. So um, he might be banking a little bit on himself. But in the end, we're jockeying here for, for you know, 
probably pennies on the stack of, of several hundred dollar bills that Carson Wentz is going to get uh, when this is all said and done. The revolving door around the Seattle Seahawks organization continues to turn. Out is Frank Clark, traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. In his place now, Ziggy Ansah, who comes over signing a one-year deal uh, from the Detroit Lions organization. Uh, talk about uh, what this deal means for the Seahawks, and is this a, a better replacement? It's a one-year deal, so what does this say long-term in the future right now about the Seattle Seahawks? I think it's an interesting move on their part for an interesting team. Seattle always kind of keeps you on your toes. You never know what they're going to do. Uh, just came out a little bit ago that they're uh, speaking to uh, Jamar Taylor as well. It sounds like he's going to sign the cornerback. Um, it's been around for a few years. Um, either player I wouldn't necessarily see as a, a perfect schematic fit for what they do, but uh, they know their scheme certainly a lot better than I do. And Ansa is a, a highly athletic player, maybe a little bit underwhelming in Detroit. Uh, one-year deal is really kind of saying, uh, very, I, I think from, from Ansa's perspective, what he's really saying is I didn't get the offer that I wanted long-term. I'm going to show everybody what I can do in a different team, maybe play for you know, a long run in the playoffs, who knows. Uh, with a, a team that certainly had a little bit more success than his last team did. Um, he can come in there and play. It is certainly it's a, an aggressive defense for the position. I'd imagine he's going to be playing at that Leo uh, position. Um, you know, out on the, the, the weak side of the defense looking to, you know, get to the quarterback, the ball carrier. He can rack up uh, numbers the same way Frank Clark did. Um, they didn't value Clark to the level that, um, you know, I, I, I certainly think other teams in the league would have. And Seattle's kind of known for that. You know, he's making a, a, a fortune now where he is, and Seattle's going to kind of look to, to get a rental player out of Ansa and, and uh, it, you know, it, see if they can improve upon where they were defensively. It's a team that, that certainly is in transition of a lot of things, and they've made a lot of moves that have reflected that. And, again, you know, they're, they're, they're always an interesting team. Uh, uh, other people are zigging. They're usually kind of zagging to, to mix results over the last season or two. So um, I, I think he can fit in with what I, I trust them um, evaluating defensive players. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll and John Schneider have done a great job uh, in the time that they've been there. And, again, they, they kind of have to rebuild from a, a legendary-level defense into something that uh, is, is affordable and kind of long-term. And a one-year deal doesn't really fit that, but – you know, it could be a precursor to something uh, during the season long-term if, if Anthony's working out the way that they want him to. Neil Kulong joining us here on the show. Make sure to check out touchdownwire.usatoday.com. We appreciate Neil's time very much with us here this morning on the show. All right, so it, it's, it's got to be rough when you're the team that used to be the, the lovable losers and you win one game in two years and now suddenly everyone's watching you and everyone's keeping an eye on what you're doing. The Cleveland Browns Browns have made some splashy moves in the last couple of off seasons. Obviously, the success we've seen so far from Baker Mayfield, obviously getting Odell Beckham Jr. aboard now, some, some interesting draft picks. Clearly, they've made a, an interesting change at the, co- the head coaching position. One of their top draft picks, Greedy Williams, earlier this week made the statement that he felt the Cleveland Browns were going to the Super Bowl. I know one thing, that the Browns going to the Super Bowl this year. Now, whether that means they're buying tickets to the game or whether that means they're going to be there for some sort of an NFL-sponsored event is not what Greedy Williams was talking about. But Freddie Kitchens, the head coach of the team, wanted to slow that down a little bit, reiterating that we don't really have anything here yet. John Dorsey, the general manager, apparently sat down with Greedy Williams, told him to calm down, and Freddie Kitchens reminded everyone, we haven't done a damn thing yet. We were 7-8-1. We didn't do last year. 
All right, we didn't win anything. We were third in the division. And I don't know where all this is coming from. Just because the Super Bowl is our goal doesn't mean that's what we're at right now. We're a team just like the other 31 teams, and we're focused on training camp, OTAs, mini camp, and getting better when those guys get back in the building. That's it. Sorry for the language. I have high goals myself. I often say that my goal is Jennifer Lawrence waiting for me at home making me pancakes. That's probably not going to happen. It's a great goal to have, but it's not probably going to happen because I was 7-8-1 and one last year, which still is better than Jeff Fisher's record when he predicted 7-9 and nine for the Rams. Your take on the situation in Cleveland? I just think uh, overall um... – we should be used to the all-star team effect by now. I, I would think players would recognize that a little bit more, even if they are mouthy rookies like Greedy Williams is, in my opinion, not nearly the player he thinks he is. Uh, this is the reason he went in the second round. Um, I don't think Cleveland – got to look at it like this. First off, most rookie quarterbacks uh, don't do well their second year. They put a lot down on film – there's a lot more to see of them, and I don't think teams really got used to what Cleveland was going to do. Keep in mind, they had a massive coaching change in the middle of the season. I'm not trying to take anything away from Coach Kitchens or Baker Mayfield or the, the success that they had. They were a great team. It was fun to watch. I mean, one of the most entertaining games I saw last year was when Mayfield just put a beating on the Bengals the first time they played them. Right. Uh, they're, they're, they're an explosive football team. They're fun to watch. But, hey, we got all eight games now that, that Mayfield played, nine games, whatever it was. Um, with Kitchens in charge calling plays. There's a lot more film to study, and there's a lot more time to do it. Um, Cleveland is going to face much tougher opposition uh, out of the gates this year than they did uh, toward the end of the last season when really they had nowhere to go but up. I agree with Kitchens, and let's, let's keep in mind, too, I mean, Kitchens being a head coach, the reason he's the head coach is because you keep him an offensive coordinator and he does well for a second consecutive season, he's someone else's head coach. You may as well keep him if you want him for the long term, and at the very least you can guarantee he's going to be there for more than one year. Um, he has absolutely no head coaching experience at all. This is not a team that, that knows how to do anything. Even that that's the point he's even alluding to. Um, I don't think he even knows enough to say that. I mean, it, you, you haven't done anything at all, you know, let alone being, you know, talking to the media about whatever it is that you've done, whoever it is that you are. Um, we don't have any sense of who the Cleveland Browns are yet. I understand that the, the splashy moves that they've made, they're exciting. They're going to be a great Madden team to play. But the reality is you haven't done squat about squat. There's nothing for you to have done yet. You have a completely brand new team. You're bringing in a lot of, of ego, personality. There's a lot that you have to manage. And as a first-year coach, uh, to, to, to put that kind of a team together, I, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's see what happens. I'm not trying to speak badly about the Browns. John Dorsey has, has made you know, perfect move after perfect move something the Browns have been enabled to do for, for over a decade. Uh, they put together a great roster. There's a lot of talent there. Uh, talent doesn't win in the NFL. Uh, teamwork wins. Um, play calling wins. Personnel packaging wins. These are all things that involve several people that are not Odell Beckham Jr. I, I get that he's a talent. Um, I haven't seen him do much in New York you know, in, in, in terms of helping his team win games. So uh, we'll, we'll find out what happens with the Browns. They're, they're obviously the team to watch, and they're going to be the team everyone's talking about. Everyone's going to be gunning for them, especially when you've got rookie cornerbacks talking about the Super Bowl. 
Neil Kulak joining us here. You can follow along with all the coverage of the National Football League on Twitter, hashtag NFL Wire. That's the official uh, Twitter hashtag for uh, touchdownwire.usatoday.com. We appreciate Neil being with us here on the show. All right, so we know how bad the business structure was in the Alliance of American Football, whether it was just from a purely financial perspective, also to the television rights perspective. The XFL is not going to make that same mistake. On Monday, the XFL announced multi-year agreements with ESPN and Fox Sports to televise games beginning with its inaugural season coming up next February. There'll be games on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, Fox, FS1, FS2. The XFL's TV schedule will feature back-to-back games Saturdays and Sunday afternoons. Clearly, Vince McMahon and his people certainly know a little bit more about the television game than the people who ran the AAF is concerned. My question is this. Will that mean any sort of more guaranteed success than the AAF had as far as longevity of this league? I I look at this in two different ways. First off, um, Vince McMahon obviously is smart enough to get a deal like this done and announced to the public so people know uh, that there is consistent coverage that's going to come. But two, the, the main thing I'd really look at is what exactly does that deal entail? Are they being paid or is the XFL going to pay them to, to put their product on TV? Certainly when you have you know 24-hour programming, you have space um, to, to, to run sports programming. Um, they, they, you know, certainly in the NFL offseason, you're going to need something to, to fill the void of a lot of fantasy shows, a lot of talking head shows that they'll have um, on both ESPN and Fox Sports. What exactly is the XFL getting out of that deal? Uh, I think that speaks more to the business end uh, where the AAF failed. Uh, they didn't have a TV deal at all, but a TV deal that isn't paying you anything only serves as, as you know, essentially paid advertising. Um, that's a good thing, but it's got to be a revenue stream if you want to keep the, the league um, you know, solvent, if you want to pay the players. Um, and, and be able to have a reputable product, you, you've got to have cash coming in the door. I, I would, you know, I, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea what the terms of the deal are or anything like that. But they're going to need money to front the operation, plain and simple. I know how simple that that seems, but uh, the AAF obviously didn't. Um, they, they they had several financial problems that, as we've talked about, I, we'll, we'll wait for the book to come out someday of what exactly happened here. But the XFL is, is going to see the, the landmines that were triggered by the AAF and do what they can to avoid that for obvious reasons. Uh, the real question is going to be um, how many people are going to watch these games. Um, you know, it, like the AAF, you might get a, a 2.9 rate a Saturday, which is you know, highly successful for them. Uh, what are they going to do with it after it? Are they going to have the, the personalities and the talent to be able to carry this to whatever degree without the, the schmaltzy, cheesy um, you know, junk that McMahon put into this uh, in, the, in the first iteration, are you going to have something uh, to really sell people? Are you going to have something authentic? Fans know a lot more about the game today than they did back when the XFL was, was uh, you know, first kicking off. They're going to know the talent level that's out there. They, can, they might even know the players, and that, that's, that's hard to do. You've got to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find a few of the guys that are on those rosters. Um, for, for them to keep it afloat, to keep, have to have something intriguing, and they have to have something that's, that's consistent. The TV deal certainly helps with that. It might be the biggest piece of the pie, but they need the whole thing. If, if they're going to attract a consistent audience that wants to come back and watch more of their game, they're going to have to have a lot more than just the TV deal, although that is extremely important for them. 
Neil Kulong joining us here on the show. Neil, we appreciate your time very much this morning here on First Sports. We remind our listeners again to check out all the league coverage as well as team-by-team coverage at USA Today's Sports Media Group of websites, NFL uh, Wire. You can follow them on Twitter there, hashtag the NFL, hashtag NFL Wire. Check them out, touchdownwire.usatoday.com for all your league coverage as well as team coverage around the NFL. Neil, we appreciate your time very, very much. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk soon. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. That's Neil Kulong joining us here on First Sports. Good stuff, as always, and we appreciate his time. We will take a quick time out right now. Your phone calls and texts. 